you know, guys, it does occur to me that uh, the last few times we've done these broadcast roundtables, uh, it's been with some positive things to talk about after a few wins. That is not the case this time. Flyers mired in an 07 and 3 skid, and we're going to talk about both the good and the bad on our latest broadcasters roundtable. Tim Saunders with Jim Jackson, Steve Coates, and Jason Mertitis. You don't talk about injuries. It's an excuse. Everybody's dealing with it. But can we just recognize the obvious? You take what could potentially be the top two lines off of any hockey club, and there's going to be pain. And for this club right now, it's excruciating. I think so. I mean, the, the good start we recognized was with a paper-thin margin for error. Carter Hart was erasing a lot of mistakes. Um, and... They, you know, weren't going to score a ton of goals. I didn't think, given the the forward group, healthy. So when you take the best forward so far, Travis Konechny, Scott Lawton, no Couturier or Atkinson from the start of the year, uh, and then throw in James Van Riemsdyk, Wade Allison. I mean, that's a lot uh, for any team. So excuses are for losers, but it's also a fact that definitely has had something to do with the the skid. And where do, uh, what part of the game does the top level talent show up the most? Special teams and the special teams right now are back to where we were last year. Um, The Flyers, I I did some unofficial, this is unofficial, but they've been outscored during the winless streak on non five on five play 20 to two. So that's three on three. That's pulled goalie. It's 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 special teams, but at five on five, they're they're just 24, 18, not great, but certainly not 07 and three worthy. So it really, the special teams have really let them down. The power play is not producing and the penalty kill. That's where I I don't know as if you can use the, the, the front end talent excuses much, although they were using Travis connect the Scott Lawton and some of these guys on the penalty kill, but uh, that's more effort. That is goaltending for sure. The goaltending has gone from, otherworldly to just good. Um, so, you know, everything's kind of gone the other way. But, yeah, injuries, there's no question about it. I mean, every, every time I do a show, I feel like I'm being a shill by saying it's injuries right. because we've been saying it for two years, two and a half years, really. Um, but it is a fact of life. I mean, you take away – we look at the teams. We look at the rosters that get, the Flyers are playing. They might be missing two, three guys, most of them. There's been a couple teams, Columbus, yep. that's been ravaged. But for the most part, these teams are missing two, three guys. The Flyers' list is long, and – and it's it's key players. You know, I've, I agree with everything. You just took, I mean, you covered everything just so well there. And it is a reality, though, about sitting here and saying you're missing six forwards. Not fourth-line forwards. Right. Six forwards that you're top-flight players. And you just can't survive. You can't take any sport. I don't care what sport you're talking about where you take 30% of the roster and the top end of the roster and try to be competitive is really tough. That's the bad news. You got to try to look at a little bit good news that all the guys that would normally not be here and that would total six would be in the Phantoms right now are getting unbelievable experience that they would have never got. So your depth becomes when it finally does come into fruition, when it, when it is at end of December, beginning of January, then things should start to change, and then you'll have the backup with these guys that have already been here. Some of those guys haven't taken advantage of it as well as others. Right. So everybody's a little different there. That's absolutely, and that's why the guys that are given the advantage or the opportunity right now, they're given it. I mean, he's been great letting the young kids go out, guys that just work hard to go out and play at the power play. That's fabulous. Does it work? No, it's not working right now because you just don't have – 
the people that can be effective. Look at the Pittsburgh Penguins. My goodness, the four centers that they got. Then when you just finish with the Pittsburgh Penguins, you go in and you play the four centers of the New York Islanders. It's unbelievable how strong they are up in the middle. And we're not even playing the number one center that we have. On the, he's playing them on the wing right now. That just shows you the difference in depth and the difference in skill level that you run into right now having so many injuries. And I, it's, it's unbelievable the type of, as long as I've been in this business, I've never seen so many debilitating injuries for extended period of time. Not just like a pulled groin, you're out a couple of weeks. No, no. Surgeries and hips and backs. Never seen anything like it. On incidental plays, too, like how Konechny goes down. You know, he just yeah. collides with a guy as he's exiting the zone. I think the other thing, too, that J.J. talked about was not having those guys. Those are all guys that are going to be on the ice in really key situations in a third period in a close game. And I think that's been another area where it's obviously hurt because, you know, you have younger guys. And, and when you have guys that maybe would be developing in the AHL, you know, you see them make mistakes and – and I see it on social media, fans see it, and they go, how is that guy making that play? Well, when you're playing in a league that's a little big for you at the time, the first thing that goes is your decision-making because you're rushed. And, and you'll put a puck into the middle of the ice when maybe you wouldn't have done that at the level that maybe is more appropriate at this time. But like Coatsy said, this is trial by fire. And I always think it's important for players to get experience at the highest level because when they're not here, they can go back and they know what it feels like, the spatial awareness of playing in the best league in the world. So I think ultimately it can be beneficial. That's hard to, to feel right now, you know, as they're mired in an 07-3, 10-game winless skid. But, you know, this, we have a rational brain and we have an emotional brain, and fans do as well. And Uh-oh. after a loss... I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> but a little, a little heavier on one than the other. Yeah. <laughs> but go ahead. Some use it to different percentages. Um, but you have that rational brain, and and I think everybody recognizes when you're missing five of your top six forwards. And Wade Allison's a guy that played in the top six this year. That, by my calculations, it's about 115 goals in a season that they're missing for a team that would have struggled to score at a high end level to begin with. Yeah. So your rational brain tells you that, but the emotion of a, a 10 game winless kid, and after the last couple of years with, you know, a couple of those as well, the emotion of that's still very raw. And I think that's where we're all kind of sitting right now. The last uh, roundtable, the production guys termed it the torts effect, which I guess we talked most about last time. The torts effect this year, I think, so far, has been more about effort level. And the effort level has absolutely been there. It sounds ridiculous to say that during this 10-game skid, there are times they've played better than when they were actually winning. The one exception might be the Pittsburgh game. I didn't think the the compete level was very good that night. As a team, they were collectively poor. But beyond that, other than the one game, you can't argue with, based on what he's got to you. The the torts effect, everybody in that room now understands what you have to do to be successful. But a certain time, you're, and this is the time that you're struggling. If your goalie isn't like Carter Hart was at the beginning, <laughs> at his top of his game, same thing with a guy named Samstrom, then you, you're going to have a hard time. You've got to be able to go out and score in the power play, prevent goals, your power play, and the, I mean, your skill 
uh, level in that area, your special teams is killing this team right now, and that's because they're missing those guys. Not an excuse, but Torts, can you imagine if you didn't have a John Tortorella coaching right now to be able to provide that attitude, to be able to go out and play and have a good work ethic? Because, quite honestly, doing the games, you see the, well, okay, they just had scored again. Last year, you go, oh, they got scored on. We're done. Might as well just go home. Now you feel like they've got a chance. And that's what you're talking about. The torts effect. And and I think in the long run, okay, we hate 10-game losing streaks. Really do. But we're suffering because of that. And I think that as soon as we can get some people back, you'll see things starting to change. And people can start feel better about it. That's what I'm counting on. I'm looking at it uh, half full right now, you know. Well, Torts said before the losing streak started, was already trying to prepare us because we were all getting excited about the wins and losses. Just look at the last round table. We were all excited. Um, yeah. And uh, he was kind of, if you remember, saying, you know, listen, look at the games. We're, we're still getting outplayed. And um, so he saw, I don't know if he saw 07 and 3 coming, but he saw the, the record turning a bit and the results going in the other direction some. Uh, he didn't see all the injuries, so that's made it maybe accelerate. But I, I do think it's become, always has been for John Tortorella, but even more for us now. This is a season of, of seeing who is going to be with this team moving forward. And you're getting to see some of the young players, as you pointed out, um, and a like guy like Owen Tippett showing you that he's a guy you, you might be able to build around. And Noah Cates certainly has some great tendencies. And you're seeing some guys that maybe aren't grabbing that opportunity. And you're also seeing some veterans, I think, who aren't playing as well as you expected. Um, so I think John Tortorella is getting some of those answers. And that's really what this season was about for him from the start and continues to be the case. I think you'd get a better answer, though. I think you guys would agree with this on some of the young guys if they were slotted into a little bit better roles. Right now they're getting force-fed stuff, so maybe they're a little bit overwhelmed uh, when some of the guys come back and they will come back uh, then maybe we can slot some of these players into the roles. That's the most impressive thing to me about Noah Cates is what he's been thrust into and what he's been asked to do out of necessity. He's not a big guy. He's going up against big centers and defensively he's been their best player. Yeah I mean he's one of the guys and tip is another who I think has really said hey I'm going to be part of this as a young player moving forward. Morgan Frost, there's been some signs. I'd like to see more signs. Uh, but uh, And, and uh, yeah, we can go through all the guys, but uh, this is what it's about. That's what this season's all about, especially for the young guys, but also the veterans. I mean, you know, moves will be made. As a veteran, uh, some guys have no moves and all that, but you can get moved too. Uh, some of the veterans need to pick it up too uh, the, that are still in the lineup. So uh, it's all auditioning for John Tortorella really at this point and, and for the organization. Yeah, I think for me the, the biggest thing is these are foundational blocks of his standard. And, you know, the leading scorer on the team playing at a point-per-game pace is best start of his career for Kevin Hayes. And he has not been immune. He has been benched in a period. He has been moved to a fourth line. Mind you, this is on a team without six of its top nine forwards. He's been moved to the wing for Noah Cage. Both wings. Yeah. yeah. So I look at that and I go, you know, you're not going to point your way out of the out of doing the right things with John Tortorella. And when you're building, you know, a new house, and this is the foundational blocks. You know, the foundational blocks of a basement don't look good when you're building the house. They don't, but eventually you get to the vanities and the bathrooms and all that stuff that does look good, but you have to build it with honesty and a high standard. And I think that we've seen that. I, I agree with Tim. I, I think the hard work has been there, 
you know, 98% of the time. Um, and that that's a great thing to have. And we can be satisfied with that, or you can choose to be satisfied with that for now. Eventually, result has to come because that's what pro sports is. But I think, again, to go back to the rational brain, you know what this team was coming in, what they are with the injuries. And, you know, asking for the team to work hard is not asking for too much from the head coach. And I think it's really clear that nobody is immune to controlling that element of what they bring on an everyday basis as a professional. And I do want to point out one other thing about a positive this development, the identity we talked about a lot in our last round table is still there. Uh, every coach that we talked to before they play the Flyers, this is our working team. They're not going to go easily. And there are some players who've emerged, maybe surprising to some, uh, putting that identity forth. Nick Delore comes to mind right away. Uh, Zach McEwen, certainly. Yeah. And Nick Sealer, who is somehow or other is heavily plus on this team. Uh, so those are three guys that never take a shift off, know their role, perform it well, and they are John – if you want to basically put pictures out there of players that are John Tortorella hockey, those three all fit that bill. So that's a positive too if they can continue to build that part of the foundation. Let's face it, there's so little room for error that when guys have bad habits, they're glaring because they end up <laughs> in the back of the net. But let me give you a chance to talk about one of the guys he just mentioned. I don't think anybody expected Nick Sealer to be one of their top six. If you had to say who's been the best defenseman right now without dips, he'd be in the conversation. No, he absolutely has. I mean, I remember last year when he fought Jamie Alexiak. <laughs> and I went, this guy's a flyer. He takes on a guy that's about a foot taller than him and does a great job. He had and a good he one with that... as well. Yeah. 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 He may and... want to pick his opponents a little better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know what? You know, you get into those fights and you got your head down and you go, oh, no. Yeah, but you got to have guys willing, right? And he's, yeah. Yeah, and he's he, willing. And he plays the game hard. He is a flyer. And he is last year, and I think he was a product of what the hockey club was like. It was just a kind of an apathy thing and he became part of that then all of a sudden he's given an opportunity he's got a, a good situation they've given him uh, a little vote of confidence in, in playing him an awful lot he'll fight when he has to and it's interesting McCune, Delorier, Sealer mm, what do they have in common what have they brought to the table they brought a toughness that makes everybody feel a lot better about themselves when they come out of that locker room and it makes us feel good looking going into Tuesday because hey could be interesting, could be fun, might bring back some old-time hockey. But when you talk about Sealer, he plays the game right. He can score, yeah. he can carry the he puck, can. first good pass guy, and he's not uh, shy about taking the body. So he's a big surprise and a real good player for us back there in, the, in his position. And quick, quick to point out that those three bring that – element where they'll drop the gloves and they hit and all that, but they are not liabilities on the ice th this, this right. year. They, they've been strengths on the ice, so that, that's a positive. You can always tell who coach has confidence in, right, by who he's got on the ice, that's key right. moments in the game, and the fact that Zach McEwen's on your power play would be a shock at the start of the year, I think, but he deserves you. you got to reward how good he's been. I got a kick the other night. He went through the uh, – it was Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, and all of a sudden you went – is that Bobby Orr? <laughs> I mean, he was unbelievable. He got to the net. Uh, <laughs> a one on four, and he got yeah, to the net. Yeah, last year we got him here. We thought, yeah. okay, all right, fourth line right winger. He'll fight. It'll be great. Now he's a player, and I'm just so excited. He's a good guy. He's big, and he's got he's got a, a big upside too on top of it. 
So if you look around to other teams in the league, this debate is always present. Um, do you, when you get to a point, I, I think of the Green Bay football game against the Eagles the other day, that happens in the NFL all the time, where you've got a veteran quarterback about the end of his career, you've got a kid behind him, when is it time to just turn over the reins? We were in Montreal to play the Canadiens last week, and they've put the kids in, and they're reaping the rewards in some cases and dealing with some of the pain that comes with that. Um, I'm not sure that approach... I don't think the Flyers have guys that are on the cusp right now where you can look to Lehigh and find answers to what they have to deal with right now. Igor Zamula's up, so he's going to be playing um, soon here this week, I think. I don't know that from a forward standpoint there are any easy answers down there. There's three guys, right? And none of them are ready. Yeah, and I talked to Chuck Fletcher on Flyers Daily about that, and they want those guys playing down there in – the proper league to get proper ice time and be put into a lot of situations. We're talking about Dem YA, Tyson Forster. These are guys that, yeah, maybe. Wisdom. Yeah, maybe you could help a little bit here now, a team that's struggling to score. Does Tyson Forster help that? Absolutely. He's, he's got a legit NHL shot at this moment, but you want his complete game. So I, I think that that makes sense for them to be there right now. Now, you may reach a point, we hope we don't, you hope you're getting people back and not losing further. Eventually, you may get to a point where you have no choice, like when they had no choice but to bring Carter Hart up. They went seven goalies deep that year. So, um, But seeing those guys develop down there, I think, is more important. You have Artem Anisimov, who is still playing on a PTO down, uh, and the Flyers are at 50 contracts, so they would have to move somebody yeah. if they needed to bring up Anisimov. He's a veteran. He's a fourth-line guy. If you were, God forbid to lose another couple of more centers, then you might not have any choice but to go that route. Short of that, I don't know that you want to put a veteran like that in front of a kid who you're trying to develop. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's more about seeing who's going to be here moving forward. Anisimov might be here a year or two moving forward at most, right? So I think you're, you'd want to continue to see some of the youngsters in those spots. Um, and, and I'm not talking about the youngsters who are with the Phantoms, the youngsters who are still with yeah. the Flyers. But I think, Jason, you're talking about if there's more injuries, they might have to come. Yeah, I mean, you get to yeah. a point where, yeah. I mean, who else are they going right. to Well, the, exactly. the best prospects right now in Lehigh are defensemen, I think, other than the yeah, young York, forwards it, yeah. in York and Adder. They're really happy with, number one, York. Um, I'm hearing good things. The and they they want to just let him continue to play the minutes and the situations he's playing down there. And the fact is, uh, the Flyers aren't hurting defensively because their top six, now top seven, have been pretty good. Yeah, well, I think um, they need to play They've been better. healthy. Let yeah, me pay, healthy. put it that yes, way. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I mean, I think that is an area that they, they're playing the top two so much yeah. um, that uh, you know they have to figure out a way. And Zamula is going to get a shot, it appears, right now. Uh, of finding somebody to take some of those minutes because, you know, Tony D'Angelo can't be playing 27, 28 minutes a game. Um, and, and Provorov, I think we've kind of seen a little bit over the last couple of years Then when he's playing a little bit less, he might be a little bit better as well. So, uh, But I, you can't blame uh, Shaw and, and Torts when they look down and it's a one-goal game. Who do you want out there? It's those two. So you understand why it's happening, but they also, when you, you look big picture, they probably have to... Mm find a way. I, I think Ristolainen has been a little bit better in recent games. Still got to see more from Travis Sanheim. But I mean, the, 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 like you say, it's been healthy. So why rush the youngsters? 
from a, a performance standpoint, I think we need to see more from the defense, though. I think we got enough young players here right now. Yeah. Uh, and um, you still have to win hockey games. And uh, they're trying. They really are. And there are some good players. Like York is playing good. I like Adderd a lot, too. Uh, these are guys who are going to be the future. But um, Montreal is a little bit of a different uh, animal right now because they have guys that can score right now. They're skilled players. They can outscore you. I mean, Suzuki and, and uh, Caulfield are both in the top scoring right now in the league. Right. So they can just basically go out and outscore you. We don't have that that luxury here. So uh, I think it would be tough. It's always nice to be able to get a mix of both, to you know, your veterans thing. But this is such a strange situation. I don't know how you handle it. I see your point. We talked about it the other night on the air with Montreal. Yep. You know, you, you, you're saying, okay, this is the way it's going to do. They got that real young defense, and it's it's turning out all right for them. But they can outscore you. We don't have that ability right now. I mean, Ottawa is going with that same approach, and it's not going as well. I mean, they have a ton of young players. I mean, they acquired some veterans, Giroux and Dabrinkit, but they're still playing a lot of young players, and they're having some growing pains. So it, it, it can go either way. I, I, I guess I bring it up because the question might be, why is York not here if he's playing well? I, I, I honestly think it's in his best interest not to be right now. And Get it right. And, and let him develop. We, you, can, uh, you cannot microwave development. <laughs> you, know, you, you can microwave food and it tastes like you microwaved it. You, know, you don't want to do that with development. You have too much tied up into these guys. They mean too much to you going forward. So you know, it, you're in this situation. You want these guys to develop properly. So that when they get here, they can be here to stay. Now York's been here a little bit, had some success, particularly at the end of last year. Probably doesn't mean a ton to torts because you know they're playing out the string at that point. But you know, let those guys develop properly. You know, what's it going to do for this team this year? You know, we're getting up to this timeline now too, where you know Travis Konechny is going to return within seven days ish, hopefully. You know, James Van Riemsdyk has been out. Hopefully, Cam Atkinson, we'll see him for the first time this year. You know, Couturier's a ways away, three, four months. But then you look at Bobby Brink. He's going to start out with the Phantoms. What does he do when he gets there? So you could get you could get a little bit of optionality at some point here. And just those three that you mentioned that are yeah. hopefully soon coming back, you put those three in the lineup, and then some of the guys who've been getting ice time, like Tippett and Cates and stuff, you slot them differently. All of a sudden, your top six, top nine is not looking uh, as it's dire. It's the top nine that you can work with. And score Slotting's some goals. key. Yeah, and yeah. have better power play and all that. So it's not like you're that far away with, when you get those guys back. Yeah. I think it's interesting to watch, too, how Torts coaches different guys differently. He's a, He's been at this a while, and he knows that the same approach doesn't work with everybody. He might be on a guy, riding a guy to try to get him to a level that he's uncomfortable with and get him to that next level. But there are other kids that are a little more maybe sensitive and wouldn't respond to that. I think <clears> he he coaches Travis Sanheim maybe differently than he does somebody else. That's the uh, the case for a modern-day coach. In the old days, a coach, he just he, everybody got treated the same. He went out, and, and Freddie was a little ahead of the, the curve when it came to that. But... Uh, now they have psychologists tell you, well, this guy needs a little prodding and this guy doesn't need any prodding and that type of thing. What did you need? What's that? <laughs> what did you need? Maintenance and lots of... <laughs> I need, yeah. Yeah, I need what, a direction. Need a direction. <laughs> 
how-to manual. <laughs> That's what I needed. Uh, Where is that rational side? Well, I'll get, I'll get, we'll talk about that in our next show. <laughs> it's a whole other show. But, but he understands. And the day that the coach stops riding you is the Uh-oh. day to worry because he doesn't care anymore. Yeah. You know what I, I've noticed about Torch, which I'm very impressed with, is his ability to say, hey, I was wrong. Or, or let me think about this again. Kiefer Bellas is an example. Uh, I think he had come to the point after watching Kiefer play two or three games where it was like, I don't think so. And then he got into games because of injury, and he played a couple of games where he was all right, and all of a sudden you're seeing him on top line. He says, I'm starting to see some There things. was a ticking sound. Tick, tick. He was running out of time. Yeah, and there and are several just others. in time. Yeah, he others. Showed. Maybe the clock isn't quite as short as for Kiefer, but there's other guys on this team where the runway is starting to run a little bit. You know, those injured, injured guys are coming yeah. back. And but but what I've liked about Torch is like he'll come and he'll talk to us and he talks to us away from from the other media and he gives us some really blunt opinions on players. But he'll the guy will get in two or three games. He'll say, hey, you know what? I'm seeing some things. A lot of coaches, you know, this coach, the old old school coaches. Once you're in their doghouse, you don't usually get out. Uh, no. With, with Torts, you can get yourself right out of that. And and I'm very impressed with the, his ability to adjust. The other thing about Torts is I think we should recognize what a good team he is with his assistant coaches, specifically Brad Shaw, because I think Shaw is the guy that'll tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, you need to back off of this guy a little bit or take a different approach. You, A coach needs to not only have that guy but be willing to listen to him. Well, he's a delegator. I remember when I first uh, uh, interviewed him, we were talking about the power play, and he goes, uh, I'm not going to coach the power play. I bring people in to do that. And so he's he's got, gathered what he thinks are the best available to do the special teams, the penalty kill, the defense, the power play. And and he's going to let them coach, and I think that's, that's outstanding. It should be uh, a one-man show. Everybody has an opinion to make yourself better. And you have a lot of talent as far as your coach is concerned. So use it, and eventually it'll pay off. Yeah, I think the game is coached so much now. Like, the power play is its own job, and the decor and penalty kill is its own job. You know, delegating the goaltending coaching to the goalie coach, how Torts has talked about. And he's got his hands full when it comes to, to coaching the mind. I mean, not letting this mentality of here we go again go, come in is a full-time job. I think that's a really difficult task for him. So he, He's said a couple of times in interviews, including one on TNT, that I think he got some criticism for, of saying it's a young, dumb league. And what he meant by that is that kids are getting here sometimes sooner without the structure in their game that in your day would have been mandatory to have to play at this level. It's, it happens so quickly. Everybody gets it's. It used to be that the older guys would get the high, big contracts, and and they were the ones that were sought after. If you look at now, it's all young. You're paying the younger players quicker. They're getting into the lineups quicker, but that doesn't mean they understand the game. Does that mean that they knew what they're doing when they came out of college, or they knew what they're doing coming out of junior? No, they're not getting the tutelage at all. I I agree with that. I think it's too much, too quick. To, you know, flat cap world. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's it's a it's a world now where everything's happening so fast, but we forgot. I'll give you one. I'll, I'll throw it back at you. I was thinking about all these injuries the other day, and I'm a true believer that the players today do not know how to hit and know how to get hit, and I blame the hockey associations for taking hitting out till you're 13, 14 years old. What's the purpose of that? You're going to learn to play hockey. When you go to play football, you'll learn how to tackle. 
in hockey, all of a sudden, well, you can't hit until you're 14 years old. So now you, all of a sudden you get to the National Hockey League and guys are putting themselves in a bad spot along the wall and then the guy's drilling them. Well, the, there's two combinations there. Don't put yourself in a bad position and understand the guy's three feet away from the boards. They don't know how to hit. And so now that you wonder all about uh, all our injuries. Atkinson, do you remember when he got hit? When he got hurt last year? I don't. Okay, but... Tommy Wilson boarded him oh, on yes. the near boards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't an illegal hit. It wasn't a board. But Atkinson went in in a precarious position and got hurt. How about Thomas Shabbat this year? Same thing. I mean, he, you, you, you go skating behind the net knowing that Konechny's coming, and you turn back into Konechny and boom. And That's exactly right. You, yeah. To understand, your first thing is to look after yourself. But that rule about not being able to hit, the kids, that's where you learn. Yeah. That's where you learn. And, yeah. and Hitting at Pee Wee, you won't get hurt either, but now they make it so you can start hitting at Bantam where you can get hurt. It doesn't make any sense, right? Right. You're physically more dangerous. Yeah, yeah. you're more dangerous as you're but, 14 but, than you are 12. When you were a Pee Wee, how many times did you c come away? I was where, a goalie, so I didn't where, hit. Uh, he was a goalie. I understand that. I mean, well, that's one of his problems. But <laughs> One of many. But w when you were a Pee Wee and you came in the locker room after – Nobody said, uh, anybody see, got to see the doctor? What yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. You know, but he hits hard enough for it. So why can't you teach them? Right. teach them? Teach. That's when you do it. You're absolutely, I well, totally no, agree no. with you. You're, you just used the word, though, that this all comes back to, is that Torts is doing more teaching at this level than I can remember a coach ever having to do in, in the NHL. And he's the best guy for it. He's been there. He's been around. Former he, teacher. You know, what did he have? His 15th, 1400th game the other night? I mean, that's a lot of education. Mm -hmm. And a lot of coaches would have said, I can't do this anymore. And he's he's the perfect guy for this, and we just got to stay mm -hmm. with it. I mean, look how two weeks ago we were all pretty excited, and now we lose Konechny and we lose Lawton, and we go into the tank, and our goaltending's not as good as it was. And, and still good, don't get me wrong, but it's tough with this hockey club. So we'll see. Are we doing this another two weeks? We'll yeah. See how we are and then. the schedule between this round table and the next one is not very easy. No picnic. <laughs> you are talking about some of the top teams in the league. So mm. is it quite a challenge ahead? Yeah. So this is a bit of a reality check. I think we do need to recognize the reality of the situation and maybe adjust our expectations for what constitutes a good season. Is it cut and dry? You have to make the playoffs to have a season where you've taken steps forward. I don't think that's the case. You've no. got to be, I'm sorry, No. You uh, very quickly, yeah. you've got to be, you just hit, hit, like, what do you expect? You have to go in that locker room every day and remember that at one point, this team did lose 10 games in a row and made the playoffs. And that's, I'm please, you've got to look at it like that. You can't go in the locker room and say, woe is me, I'm waiting for April to come. You have 20 people in that room representing the logo, and you have to be prepared and you've got to be able to say it's going to get better tomorrow. It's going to get better tomorrow. And it's not for lack of work ethic. So I, I'm on board. And I think this is a good group. I'm on board. I've, I've asked coaches before, is it easier to coach when you're winning or losing in terms of getting the message across? It's obviously it's easier when you're winning in general. But in terms of getting messages across, sometimes teams on winning streaks, you get pretty sloppy toward the end of the winning streak. And mm -hmm. they're not listening to the coaches anymore because, hey, we're winning. We don't. Uh, and John uh, Torch said, you know, it, it can go either way. But to me, the rest of this year is about, yes, you, you, you need to win some because 
losing, losing, losing is just, uh, it's just tough. Uh, you know, the backbiting could start. I haven't seen that yet and all that. So yeah, you've got to win some, but again, I think the rest of this season is really about, as I said earlier, answering questions on these players and continuing to build that standard that Torch talks about, which as I referred to, I think you're seeing some of that for sure. Uh, that has to continue and we have to keep getting answers on these players. I mean, that that's what this year's about. Do you need wins to do that? I think you do, because if you just constantly lose, becomes accepted. Yeah, everything becomes yeah. kind of negative. Yeah. I, I think the you know one thing I'm seeing quite a bit of is you know did Torts you know know what he was getting himself into, and the notion of well Torts goes in and has a team fighting for a playoff spot immediately, and he's a guy that gets a lot out of a little and has in his career, but also in year one and everywhere he's been this is kind of what he's looked at, come in find out who's who what's what who who can I rely on moving forward and. Who can I not rely on moving forward? And then you start to go, okay, well, here's the guys I know I, I can't rely on, so I have to get the people in that fill those holes that can. So I think that he knew exactly what he was getting himself into. Did he know about the all these injuries? No, because you can't predict that. But I don't think he's overwhelmed by the situation or going, what am I doing? Yeah, at this point, I'm 64 years. I don't think he's feeling that way at all. He's too much of a competitor. To just go, okay, this is not for me. I thought I wanted to. No, no, no. He not wired that way. This is a huge challenge for him. I think he's been here before, and he's had success going through this. And I think he likes building something from the ground up. And we go back to yeah, the guys that are being given opportunities that they otherwise wouldn't. Their attitude is: Do I want to be part of the solution moving forward, or? not really part of anything and that's what they're trying to answer the the good news is flyers are going to continue to we hope start to get healthy travis connectney's probably close cam atkinson skating with the team again so hopefully they start to get some nhl bodies back in here and the schedule i think they were through the worst of it only to say that we they've got a homestand coming up here and hopefully that'll help them get things yeah travel wise the worst of it but yeah. competition wise this is this is all the way after the homestand you have two home games the remainder of the year so yeah pack your suitcases yeah boys. That, then the travel <laughs> then the travel comes back but they get this homestand i think it's a pretty important one just to get a little practice time in there they've had precious little practice time here the last couple of weeks uh so that will help uh Tough teams, but bottom line is, like you, as you said, Tim, I think you're referring to the fact they're going to actually be home for at least a couple weeks here. I think it's uh, time to recharge a little bit, and we'll see if they can. And we'll see where we are the next time we do one of these with our latest broadcasters roundtable. For Steve Coates, Jim Jackson, Jason Martinez, I'm Tim Saunders. Enjoy the games.